0: Father God, thank you. Thank you so much that you love us so much that your love keeps coming and coming and coming. And Lord, we gratefully receive it. We don't deserve it, but we'll take it, Lord, every time. Thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. And you can be seated. Well, good morning to you and... Happy to be here this morning. We are continuing in our Stand Out series this morning. We've been here for five, six, seven weeks now at this point. We're working our way through just a couple of verses that you find in Galatians chapter five. It's listed as the fruit of the spirit, these things that the Holy Spirit that God wants to develop inside of each one of us. And um, today we get to talk about faithfulness as has been said earlier in the service and that's number seven of the nine specific fruit listed and so as we kick things off with faithfulness i wanted to think through and then take a look at a couple of pictures that kind of suggest the idea of faithfulness to us so let's take a look at this first one here do you recognize that how many of you have been there and seen that in person live and in person how many of you don't know what that is okay good that's called old faithful and uh so that's a that's a beautiful place been there a number of times myself and so that continues to keep coming let's take a look at the next one See, that was there for the awe factor, and we got it. The baby isn't faithful except in crying and needing diapers changed. But it's the dog, right? The man's best friend and the faithful dog that's always there to protect and all those sorts of things. So there's a picture of faithfulness. Next picture. Faithfulness in marriage. I had an opportunity yesterday to go to a wedding. My niece got married out in Plymouth and got to drive over there with my family and be a part of that. And the concept of faithfulness in marriage, we'll talk about that a little bit later, more specifically marriage, but that's a picture as well of faithfulness, at least desired faithfulness there. These pictures are certainly pictures of, of, uh, of faithfulness, and, uh, but faithfulness is really much bigger than all of that. And so I need to start with a true confession, which I'll, I'm having fun with it, but also I'm totally serious about this. To me, Of the nine fruit listed this is perhaps the least or at least it was to me before as I started my research in preparation for this talk The least and I wrote these words down least enticing least glamorous least sensational of the nine fruit listed kind of like oh good I get to speak on faithfulness. What's next? I just being honest here. When I read when I read the list of the fruit, it can almost get lost. And maybe because it seems so ordinary compared to things like love and joy and, and oh peace, you know, big things all seem to me, I call them glamorous, really because almost essential to life, like oh, just oh love and peace, you know, those sorts of things. And yeah, and then there's faithfulness too. That's just kind of my initial impression. But also I think it leaves me a little bit eh flat, or it has in the past, because it's a fruit that takes time. To Both develop as well as to prove you see some of the other fruit you can see them in action right away, things like joy and peace, kindness, patience. you, could, you can see them demonstrated in, in a moment as someone who has that in their lives. you can see it just right now in an activity. you know uh, letting someone go before you in a se- situation is kindness and potentially patience, both right wow, that, that was really patient if you that was very kind of. You. you can just see that bam in that moment. Um, Being okay when things go really bad uh, in your life, it demonstrates joy and demonstrates peace in your life. Wow, you seem to be doing really, really well with that. Yeah, and you see that right then and there, you know, forgiving someone for a hurt, is love demonstrated just like that. You're, you're forgiving that person and they hurt you, yeah. So we see that right there, but faithfulness, it involves a number of things, including a lot of the other fruit, and but it's produced consistently over time. By definition, it involves time, right? So um, love over time is being faithful with love. Joy or peace or kindness over time is faithful kindness. It's not a moment of action, but a period of time of consistency. So now, so this kind of left me a little bit, eh, doesn't seem to have the pizzazz. And then there's this time factor, because I like things that produce results fast. Am I the only one? Okay, so I mean, well, yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Would you rather plant a tomato plant that brought you fully ripe and yummy fresh tomatoes in three weeks or three months? Right, and you're going, there's no such thing as a three-weeker i not know about it. Right? Because three weeks would be way better, you know what I mean? Especially in our county with the shortened growing season here compared to you know, other places like that. We'd like, hey, what about if there was a three day producer, right? You'd like, I wanna know about that. I am all over it. That's even better. So that's what I'm talking about. Let's get it going here. Now, I have to tell you that our microwave at home went pop this last week. And that wasn't a good thing because the lights are out, the clock's out, the whole thing. It's just like dead in the water, mounted above our um, stove, and it's pretty, but it's dead. And uh, it's been unbelievably hard for my family of seven of us to exist without that speedy microwave. Now we cook a lot, my wife especially, but we cook a lot from scratch, very try to healthy and whole foods and all that stuff. But it's amazed me how much use that microwave got. And I didn't realize it until we don't have one so much so that my wife's like, we need a microwave now, (laughs) you know, kind of in that process. But that's how our culture's wired. Perhaps that's how I'm wired. Faithfulness doesn't fit in a microwave. It just doesn't. It's a slow cooker. You know, it's a, it's a crock pot. It, it's proven over time, over and, and it makes it easy, at least for me, to kind of brush it aside. Yeah, right, that, you know, I want immediate results. I want to see something now. It takes too long to see results, darn it, for that whole faithfulness thing and that process. So as I've looked at faithful, faithfulness this week um, a little more in depth, I realized that um, really I sold this quality short And in fact, this is an area of needed growth for me. And maybe that's one of the reasons I brushed it aside. I didn't totally understand it. And then also I was kind of like, I don't want to look over there. I don't want to go over there. So some of this is going to be some learning for me too that I need to apply into my life today. You see, I can be faithful a lot of the time, but here and there, my faithfulness can lag a little bit. And being faithful most of the time isn't really what faithfulness is all about, right? It's faithfulness continuously. And, And another issue is that I think I stay faithful pretty well in the big things, but the little things can sometimes get me. And being a little bit unfaithful is still being unfaithful, right? So, so those are some of the things that kind of are nagging at me in the back, so I'm just kind of laying the table for you here. It's, a, it's something that I'm growing in understanding, and I don't know, maybe it's a struggle for you as well, but I want to start by looking at the big picture of faithfulness, and then we're going to zoom into more detail as we go. Now, your outline gives you just a tiny little space at the top. If you want to take notes, you can do that, but there isn't really a line to fill in at the beginning, and maybe you can find some space as I talk about the concept of faithfulness. If any other words or concepts make sense, you can kind of jot them around the top area there uh, to do that as we as we kick the meaning off of the word. See, faithfulness carries the idea of trustworthiness and reliability. There's consistency involved. There's loyalty involved. It's really the character of someone who can be relied on. So the faithful person also is so true and steadfast that they would die for their faith, and that's kind of packed into that word as well. So there's a lot here, and and in fact, just wanted to mention we've done it most weeks, but this book, Life on the Vine, is an excellent book. It's available in our bookstore there, and it goes through each of the fruit in a fair amount of detail and really, really unpacks them. So if you're somebody who wants to study and dig even deeper than what we're doing on Sunday mornings, I'd recommend this book in the bookstore Life on the Vine. Now. Let me say this, if you're a follower of Jesus, and that means you've given your life over to him as for his forgiveness and leadership, then you have the Holy Spirit. That's God himself living inside of you. And since the fruit of the Spirit listed in Galatians 5 is a product of the Holy Spirit, right, the fruit of the Spirit in us, that means we don't produce it ourselves through personal hard work. It's something that the Spirit does in and through us as we allow him to, as we submit to him on a moment by moment, day by day, ongoing basis. So the nine words on the list that we've been looking at one each week, I'm kind of just reviewing for you here. There are things that are true of God, and as he changes us to be more like him, to be more like Jesus, then these nine things appear more and more in our lives. So as we look at this fruit of the Spirit, faithfulness, we need to start, it would benefit us to start by observing what faithfulness looks like in God. And so some of the concepts are very basics, and some of them are pretty exciting. I want to do that. So we're going to start with this one basic statement, but it gets an exclamation point that says God is faithful. God is faithful, and that really means that we have a God who can be trusted no matter what. We have a, trusted, a God who can be trusted no matter what. And so first of all, your first fill, and if you want to fill in some blanks on your outline, is it this, about God's faithfulness, is that God faithfully loves us. God faithfully loves us. And we sang a whole bunch of songs today, even the wave after wave. God's love keeps crashing over us. It's just there. There's so many songs written about it. The Bible talks it all over the place about it. I did some research in the Bible this week as I was looking diving into faithfulness, and I was amazed how many Bible verses. I mean, really, it, it was it was amazing to me as much as I've read Scripture, how they link God's steadfast love and faithfulness. How they're side by side in verse after verse after verse. Now, especially in the Old Testament, as they exist together, especially in the Old Testament in Psalms, so many times it's often written in poetry. And, and what we tend to do when we see two things is we kind of we, we compartmentalize and we say mm, there's love and mm, there's faithfulness. But in the Hebrew language language language, the Old Testament is written in the Hebrew. Poetry is written often side by side when it's one and the same thing. And it kind of, you you say one thing and you expand on it by restating it. So I want to read some verses. You can kind of see what I'm talking about. In Psalm 36, 5, it says, your steadfast love, O Lord, extends to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. And it's not saying, ooh, God, your love goes this way and your faithfulness that way. It's saying, look at that, your faithfulness, comma, your love goes higher than I can imagine and higher than I can reach, right? Psalm 40, verse 11 says, as for you, O Lord, you will not restrain your mercy from me. Your steadfast love and your faithfulness together will ever preserve me. Verse after, I just put a few down. I could have filled up your whole outline and then some verse after verse. I'm, I'm like, I've never noticed that before. Love and and, and um, faithfulness, love and faithfulness, faithfulness and love is there. Now, his God, God's love is huge, but it really becomes impactful when we realize that it's unconditional and it's always there, okay? So the, if it was just there for a moment, God occasionally, I'll show you a little bit of love when I feel like it versus it's forever there and it's forever faithful. It's in front of us. We don't earn it. And that also means we can't chase it away. It's always there. And he loves us because he chooses to love us. And that love never fails. It never ends. And it blows my mind. But that's the way that God wants it to be. Because that's who he is. So we start there with God's faithful love. Next, speaking of God's faithfulness, God always keeps his promises. God always keeps his promises. God's faithfulness includes his words. And his words include his promises. So a promise God once made is always a promise we can hold on to, and that's a huge comfort. That's amazing to me. Now, sometimes I've had people say to me, Pastor John, I just read the New Testament. Why bother to read the Old Testament? Because that's the old school, right? New Testament is Jesus and all the good stuff there. The Old Testament kind of history and kind of loses me. Why bother to read it? And the reality is there's a number of reasons. One is that God always keeps his promises, and there are... tremendous amount of promises in the old testament even more than in the new testament and if god said it once and it's a promise it's true today to you It doesn't matter whether it was the old or the new testament so you bump across in some old testament book some promise that god makes about something he's going to do or be for you how he thinks of you anything like that it's true today and so it, he doesn't care old or new testament in that process it's right there now hebrews 6 18 speaking about god's faithfulness and 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 this is that it says this It's impossible for God to lie. It's impossible for God to lie. And so God keeps his promises because he has to. God God doesn't want to lie, but he can't lie. It's not even in his nature. So God's words are faithful, his words are true, and he will never take a promise back. I will love you forever, says God, and he does and he will. I will forgive you and all your sins in Christ Jesus, says God, and he does and he will in Christ Jesus. Every time and on and on it goes he says it it's consistently true you hold on to it it grounds you do you get the picture so it's right there in the process so next God is completely reliable God is completely reliable we're kind of marching through and fleshing out what it means when we say God is a faithful God and this simply means that God can always be counted on he can be counted on to always there first of all you know he's he's there we may not always feel his presence i don't know if do you always do i don't you know do I, god are you even here you know in the process but he is there because he is faithful he is reliable and he says i will always be with you we talked about him not lying he is there but there's another way you can count on god and that's this god will always respond to you with what is consistent with his nature I tried to think of a simpler way to say that, but it just took away the depth of it. So I'm going to repeat that. God will always respond to you with what is consistent with his nature. So God, are you listening to my prayer? I mean, God, are you there? I don't feel you, but I'll believe that you are. But are you even listening? Do you care? And. God says, "I incline my ear to you," and uses words like that in Scripture. And I am a compassionate God, so yes, I'm always listening to you in your prayers. It's it's what I do. It's who I am. He will always respond with what's consistent to His nature. Now, Psalm 33, verse 4 says, "For the word of the Lord is right and true; He is faithful in all He does." There it is. It starts. It talks about His word being right and true, and then it moves into His activity and who and what He does. It represents who He is. He is faithful in all that he does. Impactful, huge. James 1.17, move to the New Testament, says every good and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation of shadow due to change. There is no variation, there is no change. God doesn't change, he's the giver of gifts and he, God, never changes and it's right there in front of you. You need to understand that God's going to deal with you the same with consistency, with his love, with his faithfulness, with his, with his graciousness, with his grace all the time, every time. Now for me, and I have to say, I've grown in this area as a parent, but especially in the early days with a bunch of little kids around, sometimes still a struggle, I could be inconsistent with my response to my kids. Uh, A reminder, I have four sons and one daughter tucked there in the middle. She's fourth of the group. And uh, so things can get kind of rowdy around my house okay, a lot, right, so I've got four, and they're all close together in age two, what were we thinking, but they get rowdy, and sometimes maybe too rowdy, and here's what I found, that my mood determines my response to them as that happens, or that it could, okay, so sometimes I would laugh at it, ha, oh, look at them being crazy, and other times, I would just kind of ignore it, and just kind of push it aside, and it kind of gets to me other times, or kind of bite my lips, or trying to patient through this, and other times I'll gently try to steer them, hey gang, you know, let's bother, not bother mom too much or let's, let's not break the house too much or you know, whatever through that in the process. Or other times I would simply let them have it, knock it off or I'm going to whatever else like that. Now, that, that may be your response to your kids as well, but here's the problem. The kids never knew what to expect. They're doing the same thing every time. And are we going to get fun, crazy dad who's going to dive in and enter into it with us? Are we going to get patient dad who's going to kind of, or are we going to get lock and load dad, right? And they just wouldn't know. It was based on how I'm feeling. Am I tired? My emotions, my mood. And so I'm going to do this. And, and first of all, they're not thinking about me first. But when dad appears on the scene, it's like, what's going to happen? See, God's not that way. God is always, always, always faithful, reliable, so you can relax and know that he will always respond to you with what is consistent with his nature. That can be a huge comfort. And that's why it's so important to know God. You know, we spent a whole series in the last few months digging into who is God and discovering it in depth, not just for our heads, but if I know this, if I know God, the more and more I know God, I know how much he loves me, and I know how he's going to respond to me. You know, I wonder what God thinks when I do this. I can know God and know what's consistent with his nature. He's a forgiving God. He's a loving God. He's a kind God. He's a compassionate God. It's not just what he does sometimes. He doesn't change. It's who he is. So the more I understand about God, the more it gives me a grounding and an ability to take huge comfort in my life and my relationship. Well, next, as we look at God's faithfulness, God is intensely loyal intensely loyal. It's not casual loyalty. There's an intensity here. God's faithfulness includes the fact that he is loyal really beyond what humans can imagine. Now, I started thinking about loyalty this week and what came to mind for me was sports. Sorry, I'm a guy, but also I think we sometimes can picture that pretty well, at least as guys and girls, you come along for the ride sometimes, right? But some fans can kind of jump on the bandwagon when things are going great for the team, you know? But when they go south, then they bail out, right? So team gets popular. Uh, by the way, up until a couple of years ago, I didn't even know there were any Golden State or your fans right? But all of a sudden, and and teams, and and especially as church people, because didn't you know that what's-his-name's a Christian, too? You know, and all that stuff going on. And so it kind of comes up, bubbles up. You know, people didn't even know where the Golden State Warriors used to reside. And all of a sudden, they're kind of the hottest thing. So there are some bandwagon fans, you know, based on that. But people's loyalty sometimes can be tied to the win-loss record or a personality they like. Well, they traded so-and-so, so forget it. I'm not a fan anymore or whatever. And that's just the way we're wired with sports, perhaps. But it's not the way it is with God. You know, I remember people being in love with a player a few years ago who led one of the local teams to a Super Bowl and almost did a big comeback win. It was some guy named Colin Kaepernick. And I read a, a quote this week from some news articles back in 2013. They were 22 points down and almost pulled it off. Remember that one? 2013 isn't long ago. And the quote said, although he wasn't able to lead the comeback all the way, there are some exciting things in store for the Fortnite ers fans in the future. If you're at all familiar with Colin Kaepernick right now, who's not even starting and there's all kinds of other issues around here, it kind of hasn't panned out. It's easy to jump off the Colin Kaepernick wagon when so many people are on top of him as the next, you know, the next best thing going on through things. God's loyalty never fades, and so he's not that way with us. It's not hooked to a win-loss record, you know. And Second 2 Timothy 2.13 2, says, If we are faithless, he remains faithful. If we're faithless, without faith completely, God remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. You see, if you're a follower of Jesus, God is in you. And so God's not gonna deny himself, the God in you. Regardless of your activity, your behavior, he's gonna stay faithful, even if we're faithless. See, God's, here's the key. God's loyalty to us is not tied to our performance. How good of a job we're doing at obeying him, you know, did you do your quiet times this week? Did, how much did you sin? How much did you pursue selfish things? God must not love me much. Too. Boy, he, God's probably going to give up on me. He can't give up on you. He doesn't want to, but he can't do that. That's not who he is. That's nice. You can be encouraged. You can be strengthened by that knowledge. It, God's loyalty, his love is not tied to our performance. So I think if we believed that he was completely faithful, we'd be able to relax more. We'd be able to sleep better. We'd be able to worry a whole lot less if we really believed that. And we'd we'd have more trust. We'd be more courageous. You see, we can know that God isn't going to give up on us if we make a bad choice or take a wrong step. Now, it's not like he's cheering that on. Oh, good, you took a wrong step. But he's not giving up on you. He's not jumping off the bandwagon. He's intensely loyal to you. It's part of his faithfulness. It's who he is. Well, finally in this section, God faithfully forms us into the image of Jesus, whatever it takes. Now, I need you to make sure you write both words down. Because there's part of this that's it's fun and easy, and the other part is going to wake, wake you up a little bit. God faithfully forms us into the image of Jesus. That's his faithfulness, whatever it takes. And this is important to understand. Forming us into the image of Jesus, once you've asked him into your heart, it isn't a sideline interest of God's. It's not something that he'll get to when he has a spare moment. Yeah, 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 we'll get to that when I think about it. When you become a follower of Jesus, God's number one priority, number one purpose with us personally is to work diligently and faithfully to help us become like Jesus. It's his primary focus in each one of us, and he'll do whatever it takes to do that. Now, Timothy, or excuse me, 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, So all of us who have had that veil removed, meaning the darkness, the spiritual darkness, have had that veil removed when we come to know Jesus— We can see and then not just see it, but reflect the glory of the Lord and the Lord who is the Spirit. Makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. I love that verse. I read the verse, read it many times. I bip over it, I come back and I go, wait a second. God, you've removed the veil, and I can see you, and as I see you closer and closer, I can reflect the light in your glory. And you do it. You, Spirit in me, you make me more and more like you. And that means more glorious into God's glorious image. Not for my glory, but his. The Spirit does it, and, and it's a beautiful thing. But that's not the only way God works. Let's check out Psalm 119.75. It says this I know, O Lord, that your rules are righteous. You know what's going on. And that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. Wait, what? Well, let me read that again. I know, O Lord, that your rules are righteous. Good, I got that. And that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. In your faithfulness you afflicted me, God? I'm not a big fan of affliction. I don't know about you, but I kind of like, okay, wait, this is a real verse. This has always been here, you know? See, God, if, if, if you sometimes afflict me in faithfulness, I'm not so sure that's the kind of faithfulness I signed up for here, right? I'm not sure that's, that's what we've been talking about this morning. And yet, God will do whatever it takes to form us into the image of Jesus. Because he wrote that down in your outline there. He loves us that much. So if we aren't responding to his normal, gentle steering methods, he may just resort to affliction in order to faithfully help us become like Jesus. For some of you, this is the one thing you need to hear this morning from God. You see, sometimes the tough things we go through in life are the very things we need to conform us into the image of Jesus. If you think about it, if you think back in your past in your life, the times when you grew the most very often they were tied to troubles. You had relational issues. You had health issues. You or someone near you. You had financial stuff. You didn't. Your future was in question. There was jo- all those things that were there, and we look back and go, man, that's really when my roots sank deeper into Jesus. That's really what's there. So, so we realize by God in his faithfulness either prompts or allows affliction and uses them, so we don't have to escape or run away or blame God you can even attempt to embrace those afflictions and see them as God's faithfulness towards us. Did I ever see afflictions as a as a mark of God's faithfulness? See, I think sometimes we see them as God's um, inattention to us. God, if you'd been attention, you wouldn't if you'd been paying attention, you wouldn't have let this happen to me. Because <laughs> this is not good. That's not the case at all. God says, I have been paying attention. And this is in your life because it's going to make you more like Jesus, which is the number one thing I'm trying to do in your life while you're here on earth. So that's our faithful God. He faithfully and amazingly loves us. He always keeps his promises. He's completely reliable. He is immensely loyal. And he faithfully forms us into the image of Jesus, whatever it takes. So, so how does that translate to us? And we spend a fair amount of time here looking at God. How does that, what does his faithfulness look like as fruit in our lives? Well, first of all, for us, we are faithful when we trust God and his faithfulness. We're faithful when we trust God and his faithfulness. Now, this is a simple concept. Our faithfulness starts with him. Okay, Our faithfulness grows as we choose to bend our knee, bow our head, and, and choose to trust him, even if it means that occasional affliction that we just talked about. God, I, not that I enjoy this, but I'm going to trust you that you're using this for for your your glory and overall good. Um, we choose to trust his character. We choose to trust his word and his love. So that's where it starts. And secondly, we're faithful when we allow him then to grow his faithfulness in us to allow him to grow his faithfulness in us. I said that fine in first service, but saying it now sounds like a tongue twister or something. We trust his faithfulness, and then we say, God, bring it on. Make that true in me too. That's another simple concept, but it starts with simple because we need to remind ourselves that it isn't our work that makes us faithful. It's his work in us. So he wants to plant and grow his faithfulness in us. So allow God to make you faithful. It's important to him, so ask him to make it be important to you more than it has been. That's been true for me this week. Jesus said in John 15, verse 5, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. It all comes from me. Now, I ran across an online devotional this week that spoke to this verse and this whole concept literally right when I was working on this part of the talk and it was like God saying, John, let me affirm and steer a little bit or something. And I don't often use a lot of quotes, but I want to read a a paragraph of what he wrote specifically that totally applies here. Okay, it says this. Abide in him faithfully and he gives you faith. There it is. I'm like, am I writing this or you? (laughs) Abide in him faithfully and he gives you faith. See, God gives enabling grace moment by moment, day by day. And there's good reason that I don't presently sense within myself ample strength to abide in Jesus in the hours and the days and the weeks and the months and years to come, because I do not yet possess that strength. In this hour, I have every spiritual resource I need for this hour, and no more. My duty is not to be concerned with what I will need to abide in Christ this afternoon or tomorrow, my duty is simply to presently abide in Christ by the power God is presently granting me. And then, when this afternoon arrives or tomorrow comes, he will pro- provide fresh grace and new strength for that time. I love that. It's that, I, boy, I start looking ahead and being faithful long-term, and, oh, my eyes get big. And God says, how about right now? I'm like, God's, God says, I'm going to give you what you need right now. Oh, good. And right now. Oh, that's so Good. Psalm thirty-seven, three. It says, "Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness." And again, we see it with this verse. It begins uh, saying that God brings about. It, it begins with with our trust of God again, and then God brings about this obedience. God brings about rest, and we can cultivate, as it says here, faithfulness in the process. Now, one translation, and I wrote in your outline, says feed on his faithfulness. And I love that. It's a real, real, um, literal translation. God's saying, trust in the Lord. He's going to bring about good things. As you dwell in the land, you find peace, sink your roots, and you're going to cultivate as you feed on God's faithfulness. As you eat of his faithfulness, it starts getting in you and it starts kind of seeping out and you become faithful because you're eating his faithfulness and you're cultivating, you're feeding on it in the process. And it's really a beautiful concept. Well, next, just a couple of practical things. We're faithful, or our faithfulness shows when we keep our promises, when we keep our promises, and not just some of our promises, not just the big promises. God keeps his word absolutely, and he wants us he wants to grow that in us, you know as a parent, I've been careful with making promises to our children, you know they're easy to throw out when kids want to do something, oh, we'll do that tomorrow, I promise, you know and the kids then they'll be quiet or whatever, and then the next day comes, and Daddy, you promised, you know, and then you're like, oh man." easier way for that is just not to promise. I, I don't know what tomorrow brings in that process. And, and so I'll reword it with the kids. I like to say something like, I'm going to do my best to make that happen tomorrow. It doesn't fit now, but let's, we're going to work on that see if we can do it because I, I, I don't, I can't control circumstances tomorrow, can I? So I'm not saying don't make promises, but consider your promises carefully. And when you do make your promises, just like God, when he does, because he is careful with his, then you live by your promises and you stand by them. The kids would prefer a promise when I, when I don't, but a broken promise can be devastating to them, and, and it, hurts, um, it hurts our reputation as followers of Jesus and even the reputation of Jesus in us in that process. So keeping our promises is huge. Next, our faithfulness shows when we tell the truth. These are just basic things. But God's a promise keeper and God's a truthful God and he, he wants to build that in us. It's not just telling the truth most of the time, you know, when it's convenient or only when on the witness stand. <laughs> Faithfulness means being a truth teller. And I found that for me sometimes, ah, and I really look down in detail because I'm a truthful guy, but I sometimes I'll fudge things a little bit to try to make things easier for me or for someone else. It won't be that big of a deal. I'll just kind of, and then and no one will ever know and it's it's not like, Hugely deceitful, or something, but isn't it? At least a little bit. You know, a little, a little white not lie never hurt anyone. The reality is, there is hurt there, and if you start becoming um, a little bit, a little bit of compromise can lead to a bad place. Bad place. When I do that, I'm realizing I'm not allowing God to grow His faithfulness in me. And so, one thing God showed me this week is I need to do. I need to allow Him to grow that in me better. To be truthful, 100% truthful all the time and not just kind of, no big deal to just kind of do this because it gets us to where we want to go. And that's a really good place to be. It's for God. God says, can you get where I want you to go when you do it a way that I don't necessarily want you to do it? He wants it to be truthful. Finally, our faithfulness shows when we live consistent lives at home, church, and in the world home is marriage and parenting and and what does that look like I I went to that wedding yesterday of my niece and I I heard vows again and I thought you know when we talk about someone being unfaithful in marriage we're talking about them usually having an affair right so I've I've been faithful in my marriage and doesn't faithfulness go beyond just being physically faithful to your to your spouse doesn't it go way beyond that you see, it does. I'm, sure, I'm convinced that it does. You see, we all find out that sooner or later that our spouse is not perfect, right? They have quirks and habits, behaviors and ideas that, that baffle us and even frustrate us at times. And isn't married, marital faith, faithfulness that quality of being trustworthy and true even when we have all the justification we need to move towards judgment, resentment and contempt for our spouse? To say, you know what, there's all this stuff, Ah," and to be able to say, I'm faithful to my vows. Do do you even remember your vows? By the way, those things you promised for your wife or your husband, that you said, I'm going to be faithful to these things? Good thing to review, huh? God calls us to to some high things, and he empowers us to do it. We need to be faithful at home, in our family relationships, also at church. And I briefly just want to say, faithfulness at church means coming to church. And y'all are here, I'm preaching to the choir from that old expression, but, but come to church, like almost every week, and I say almost because I know things happen, but, but not get up on Sunday and go, do I feel like going to church today? God says, I want you here. Because look what happens when we're here. We, we meet new people, and we grow together, and we worship. We experience the movement of the Spirit. There's a chance to hear from God in a fresh new way. There's a chance for you to do something for someone else, to welcome in someone new, and on and on it goes. God calls us to serve, be involved in serving here and in our community. God calls us to give faithfully, whether we feel like it or not. So that's a part of it. I made that decision when I was very young to start tithing. It was easy when you made, you know, a buck a week or something, you know, putting a dime in the offering plate. But that has stuck with me, a commitment to be faithful in giving as well. And then faithful in the world, that's the work, that's work, community, uh, friends all around. That's really our witness to be right there. Well, let me close with Proverbs 3.3. 3. It's the verse that Ron, Pastor Ron, shared um, earlier in the service. It says, let love and faithfulness, oops, there they are again, never leave you, bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart. And God wants to do that. He wants to write love and faithfulness on the tablet of your heart. You know, today we started talking about how faithfulness is seen over time right? The whole microwave thing and Crock-Pot. It's developed and proven over constant, ongoing opportunity. It's not a short-term thing. It's not a come-and-go thing, right? It's there. It's the, it's the slow cooker. So my encouragement for you is this. Don't worry about the long-term. It's like that quote I read about whether you can be faithful forever. Allow God to start making you faithful today, right now. See, long-term faithfulness is a fruit developed in us by the Holy Spirit, and it has a beginning. And the beginning can be today. If you look at it and say, God, I am amazed at your faithfulness. I look at me and say, I got a long ways to go. Lord, let's begin right now, this hour. Give me what I need this hour. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for your faithfulness, for your love. um, For taking care of us. For being reliable, for being loyal, for being trustworthy for being true, for keeping your promises, every one of them, every time. Thank you, God, that you respond to me with what is true of you, which is grace and mercy and love. So, Father, I just, um, I pray that you'd build into each one of us this faithfulness that you have, God, that we would be people of, of faith and people of faithfulness that would stand out from the world because there would be a consistency of trust in you, God, that, that, that our world doesn't understand. Oh, God, so build that in us. Help us be truth-tellers, be promise-keepers. Help us live consistently in the world and at home and at church, God. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.